This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. This week on the Mandatory Samson Podcast, we have a number of really interesting quick hits off the top of the show. We also close the show with a very good 2016 update. We're breaking down the events that took place in Tulsa, Oklahoma, involving the murder of Terrence Crutcher. And we also have a really fun to watch video of Elizabeth Warren excoriating the CEO of Wells Fargo. It's pretty good, right, Joe? Great episode. Perfect. Stick around. The Mandatory Samson Podcast, coming to you from Stand Up New York Labs for the 97th time. Woo! My name is Christopher Flannery. I'm joined, as always, by Joseph Noe. 97, that is huge. Yeah, it's huge. almost 100. That's the bi- 97, Joey, is the uh-huh. biggest number we've had on the show so far. That's huge. It's amazing. Welcome to the program, everyone. No time to waste today. We're on a bit of a time crunch. Studio schedule is packed. I wasted four seconds saying that. And two seconds saying that, what are we talking about today? Three quick hits off the top. The Terrence Crutcher shooting in Tulsa, plus two other shootings by police, one case of fabricating criminal charges, and one instance of denying rights. We also have Elizabeth Warren and the Wells Fargo scandal. And of course, Joey, Uh a 2016 update to close us out. Whoa, that is packed. Yeah, it's packed. We got to get through it. Like I mentioned, the studio schedule is a little hectic today, so we're going to get our work done and then we're gonna get the fuck out of here and let somebody else come in the studio joey yes. presidential debate numero uno monday 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 yeah september 26th that is monday full coverage on msp 98 better believe it we also you walked in i was on the phone uh with daniel who we are probably going to talk to on the phone next week about some environmental issues some projects that he's working on it's just a bit of a tease but definitely next week we're going to have uh a phone call, and we're going to get into the North Dakota pipeline, which we have not talked about too much. Um, uranium mining in the Grand Canyon, the Koch brothers. Yeah, a lot of stuff we're going to get into. So look forward to that. That should be a fun uh, conversation that we'll have. The debate coverage, that's going to be a good episode already. I'm very excited about it. Today, we have a good episode, though, as well, Joey. Are you ready to get into it? Yes, I am. Uh, quick hit number one Sandra Bland's uh, family attorney has said that a 1.9 million dollar settlement has been reached on the family's lawsuit against Waller County authorities. Uh, this was sent by the way to me on Twitter by Tamir, who's a, you know, loyal listener of the show. And I appreciate him getting involved. Joey thoughts. Money can't replace somebody. But the important thing about this is the fact that they're going to have new legislation and better training for employees in the jails. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, look, we say it every time when there's an incident like this, and we're going to be saying it about some incidents that took place that we're going to talk about later in the show where people, you know, once the person is dead, the yeah, I mean, the money's nice to have, but it doesn't bring the person back. 
Larry J. Simmons, who's the Waller County attorney, says a potential settlement agreement has been reached, but is not yet final. The parties are still working through a few details. In addition, the potential settlement must be approved by the Waller County Commissioner's Court, which has not yet occurred. Canon Lambert, who's the Bland family attorney and, you know, high contender for name of the year, says you have substantial char- uh, changes that are taking place at the jail where the jail from here forward, that doesn't make sense, is going to be using uh, automated electronic sensors to ensure the accuracy of timing and checks of the detainees in their cells. That's going to help prevent any sort of document falsification going forward. In addition, they're going to have a nurse and or EMT that's going to be on duty for all shifts. It's kind of crazy that jails don't have that. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's insane. Those two things in themselves are huge, but over and above the Waller County Judges pledged that he will actively pursue state legislation in Texas for more funding to help improve intake, booking, screening, training, and the like. So, you know, if anything comes out of it, obviously a tragedy that we have covered a lot on the show. If anything good comes out of it, hopefully it's that this doesn't happen again to anyone and that the the proper protocols are now put in place, you know? Absolutely. Um. Yeah, that's a depressing one. That that one's sad. And, you know, Tamir, uh, like I mentioned, said that to me on Twitter. And he said, you know, it's not enough money and obviously justice isn't done there. I, you know, the, the problem is, as I see it, and I think I said this to him on Twitter, is that she, Sandra Bland, was not killed by the police. She did commit suicide. You know what I mean? In jail. Mm-hmm. Now, she shouldn't have been there. The Obviously, all the things that led up to her being in jail it's a totally different story, but you know, it, it is what it is. And it's not like the police specifically killed her. So $2 million, you know, whatever. It's like, it's hard to put a price on something like that. But to me, $2 million is a lot of money. These changes being made is a big deal. And you know, yeah, it's not, it's definitely not justice being done, but you know, not enough money. I don't know. It calls attention to the welfare of the prisoners, which is, the most important fact, even though, yes, they did commit a crime or they're there for a reason. Well, that's supposedly right. Yeah. She did. She did nothing. You know, they will be well cared for. Yeah. Well, look, they don't even have to be. This is this is the thing. Of course, you'd like them to be well cared for. They don't have to be well cared for. Just don't uh, ignore them and pretend they're not there and like treat people like shit and falsify documents and all this stuff. Like, don't get it. Let it get to a point where somebody feels helpless in jail that they hang themselves. You know what I mean? That's and that's what happened in this case, which is horrific. But yes, I mean, I, I get your point. But I'm, just, I, you know, all right. Um, moving on to the next story. It also involves prisoners, according to a report issued by the Office of Director of National Intelligence. Nine people freed from Guantanamo Bay have ended up on the battlefield since President Obama took office in two thousand and nine. Not good. Well, okay. Do you want to, do you want, I have a couple more stats here. Do you want to just have a general conversation about this? Why is it not good? What, how do you think this impacts, if at all, the conversation about releasing or closing Guantanamo Bay at all? Well, one would assume if the prisoners were released, they were not deemed a threat. And when you have nine of them turn up to be a threat, to me, that seems like it's an issue. Well, right. If if you're playing, you know, if you're on the side of let's not close Guantanamo Bay, you can point to this and go, you see, they are dan- like we can't we can't just let these people go. They're obviously a problem. The way that I would counter that argument is 
But what if they weren't a problem before, but now that you've thrown them in Guantanamo Bay for eight years and released them, they're mad at you. They're upset. And so now they've joined insurgencies because, A, there's a stigma attached to having been in Guantanamo Bay to begin with because people probably in your own community or whatever assume, or the country that you were released to, they assume you were a problem regardless of whether you were or not. So your prospects for doing anything are extremely limited, you have to assume. And, you know, that is kind of true. People could get pissed up. Or, right, the other option is, yeah, maybe some of the people that we're going to let go are a problem and that's a a fact we're going to have to live with because what's what's the bigger evil? The the propaganda tool that Guantanamo Bay becomes for recruitment, is that a bigger problem than nine people that have been released since 2009, you know, joining an insurgency? It's not like we're letting out bin Laden or something. No, that's you know true. What I mean? You're letting out foot soldiers, essentially. Now, these are the, the other stats that I find interesting. Obama has released 161 people from Guantanamo Bay so far. Mm-hmm. Nine of them joined insurgencies. That's 5.6% of the people he's released have joined insurgencies. George W. Bush has released 532 prisoners. Now, before I give the number of people that have joined insurgencies and the percentage, Bush had the advantage here because he had a larger pool of people to release. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you have to assume that there was more people at that point that did have nothing to do with terrorism or whatever. Like, as you're getting down to a smaller number of people in Guantanamo Bay, you're probably facing a, a, a bigger percentage of them as people who are dangerous but can't be tried which is what we're talking about the irreducible minimum Mm -hmm. or people that you know did maybe do something at one point but now they're just languishing there and there's nothing we're going to do about it so we should let them go blah 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 so it seems like bush would have had a larger pool of people to just selectively release he could go he could really vet them and go okay this guy really didn't do anything and let them out of the 532 people bush released 113 joined insurgencies which is 21 percent Hmm, that's interesting. Okay, so 21% of the people that Bush released back on the battlefield, 5% of people that Obama's released. And look, as far as I'm concerned, you got to just let it be. It is what it is. Like, you're, you, we have to close Guantanamo Bay, and Obama needs to do it because I don't think Hillary's going to do it, and I know for goddamn sure Donald Trump isn't. Oh, Trump is going to expand the hell out of that if he gets in there. We're going to build a much bigger, better Guantanamo Bay waterboarding forget it we're gonna burn their their hands off like what do you th- <laughs> does that make sense burn your hands off I don't not know. really but it, it doesn't make any sense to me either but you, you know what i mean so this is the again i think the last shot and we'll see what happens um you know you, you know this is going to be used politically but just keep in mind a much larger percentage of people that bush released ended up back on the battlefield and you know i i i don't even mind that frankly like you have to let you have to get these people out of Guantanamo Bay. We've created a, a, a torture chamber, and you have to close it. Yes. What are you doing? You type. You coming up with a title there? Yeah, yeah. It was a title, not the best, but let's go on. You know, I'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. Just take your time if you want to do. T- that's fine. We could pause. I'll take a sip of Polar Seltzer if you need to. You need a second to to think out the title. That's fine. The Samsonites appreciate a good title. I'll tell you that. Because MSP96 dicking bimbos did very well. I, oh, the numbers thank you. looked extremely well. You didn't come up. Thank Colin Powell. Send him yes, an email. Thank but, you, Mr. Powell. Uh, Secretary Powell. Uh, but anyway, okay. So you you good? Yes, I'm good. Uh, I, I just want you to know that I fear that we have an opportunity for some great titles this week. 
I do too. I feel pretty good about it, yeah. honestly, as we were going through. I mean, look, I don't want to be glib or whatever about the shootings and things like that, but I feel like some I might say things that could be good titles. You might come up with some stuff. Yeah, but yeah, right, yeah. but there's some other fun things that we could see during the episode that might be good. Yes. Stick around. We'll see what happens. Uh, Joey, a Edward Snowden pardon update. Would you like one of those? Yes, I would. Uh, on Saturday, the Washington Post became the first. Th- this one really gets to me this one really oh, this me. one bothers you it sure does on saturday the washington post became the first newspaper in united states history to explicitly editorialize for the criminal prosecution of its own source edward snowden oh wow yeah before i go any further pardon snowden.org go on there sign the petition i did joey i assume you did i have not but i will please don't be an animal you got to go on there we got to get this guy pardoned Snowden's NSA documents were published by The Guardian, The New York Times, The Intercept, and The Washington Post. The Guardian, The New York Times, and The Intercept have called for Snowden's return to the United States without charges. Meanwhile, The Washington Post won a Pulitzer Prize for its reporting on the overseas monitoring program PRISM, which it now says in the editorial against uh, a Snowden pardon does not serve a public interest. Is that fucking crazy? They win a Pulitzer Prize for reporting on the prison pro- Prism program, which Snowden revealed. Uh-huh. And now they're like, yeah, that didn't really serve a public interest, so we, we are not in favor of a Snowden pardon. That's insane. I My favorite thing about that is uh, what they deemed the second best solution. T- please, tell me. Him accepting a measure of criminal responsibility for his excess... And the U.S. government offers a measure of lean, leniency. Right, which is essentially Bernie Sanders' position. is like, you know, uh, clemency, maybe a reduced sentence, a plea deal, something. But this is a fucking newspaper that... Won a pry, a put Yeah, and God knows how much money they made from millions of cl- people clicking on their headlines and whatever on, on, on their website. And now they're going to turn their back on this guy? It's like, you sons of bitches. Do you think they're trying to just be devil's advocate in this situation to sell more newspapers? Well, I don't know how this would help them sell more newspapers by being... Oh, The only one out of four huge newspapers has deemed Snowden should not be pardoned. I don't know. That would get me to click. I guess. But The the Intercept isn't a newspaper, but I I get what you're saying. But no, I, I think... Look, I mean, maybe, maybe that's possible, but it's just, it's so insanely hypocritical yes. to accept the guys, accept the information, vet it, write articles about it, collaborate, corroborate or collaborate with other uh, news organizations and then, and then be like, but yeah, but this guy, you know what he did because of this one aspect of it, he, he should, he's got to, he has to go to jail or he has to stay in Russia. Forget it. He can't be part. It's really uh, it's baffling. And the, there's a good article on The Intercept by Glenn Greenwald, who worked very closely with Snowden to, you know, g- get this information and, and everything, uh, where he just lambasts the post. So if you want to go on The Intercept and check that out, that's worth, you know, looking into. But I mean, I, once again, I'm 100% in favor of an Edward Snowden pardon, no question about it. And the post is making no case for him not to be. Yeah, which is just dicks. They are, di- yeah, they're dicks. There you go. Uh, New York City bombings, Joey. I guess this is another quick hit, pretty much, before we get into the the meat of the show, which is which is really the Terrence Crutcher 
shooting, which is a tragedy, and a couple of other, you know, like I mentioned, a few other topics in that in that realm of, mm-hmm. of black people being killed or people, you know, police just doing the wrong thing, essentially. The New York City bombings. Now, on Monday, 28-year-old Afghanistan-born U.S. citizen Ahmed Khan Rahami was taken into custody after a shootout in Linden, New Jersey, where I believe also is a new... Uh, a medieval times that is i believe that is true is yes. that correct yes uh on tuesday federal prosecutors charged rahami with 10 counts um of a n- number of things two counts using and attempting to use weapons of mass destruction account one count of bombing uh and attempting bombing of a public place counts uh one count attempt to destroy property by fire or explosive two counts use of uh, destruction device and a violent crime, etc. He was charged in both New Jersey and New York. No group, by the way, has claimed responsibility for the bombing. So, hmm. again, it's always a conversation when something like this happens. Is it terrorism? Well, is it the lone wolf? Is it lone wolf? Like, yeah, it's terrorism because people were terrorized by this, but that doesn't mean that it was ISIS or whatever. It's just some asshole that did this thing. Um, any thoughts on this? Because I look, this has been covered a lot obviously mm-hmm. and luckily nobody was killed people were hurt of course but they caught the guy and you know to me it's not it's not a story that we need to like discuss at length and get into yes. all like the gr- gritty details but there are a few things that i do want to point out about it but. well there was something that caught my eye if i could sure. shout with you yeah i'd love that from reading the articles uh it happened which on, articles the ones that i sent you yes oh very good it happened on uh august 10th he had an ebay account who this Rahami? Yes. Okay. And he bought an item that had the following description. All right. Citric acid, USP slash food, grade five pounds, grade for bath bombs and candy. What? Yes. Who who was selling this on eBay? I don't know. And, and I want to know why we don't have an investigation on what is bought online. Because this seems like... Something that's great for bath bombs. What right. the hell is a bath bomb? Well, I'm trying to think. I mean, is it? <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm honestly just going to say, like, bath bomb. I could literally just be a thing that, like, you put in the bath that, like, makes bubbles. Or makes whatever. soapies? Yeah, it makes soap. Like, I don't think, I literally, I don't think it's for bombing, like, like this guy used it. But why did he, so you're saying he purchased this on yes. eBay. What is it? It's some kind of acid that he used. Citric acid. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but that, I mean, what are you going to do? You're just going to keep people from buying things that are innocuous outside of the other. Like, everything really can be used to create pressure cookers, you know? Like, you could cook food in it, or you could make a bomb. So, okay. You know, I, I think that's a, da- well, look, that's a conversation to have, because I think people were going to go down that road, where it's the it's the balance between freedom and safety. Yes. People are do you how safe do you want to be? Do you want to be totally safe? That's fine, but you're going to have to give up a lot of freedom to do that. Or if you want to be free, you're going to have to run the risk of the fact that sometimes there's a crazy person going around that might try to blow you up. That's just the re- that is the reality of the situation. Now, a couple of things that I do want to mention here. Mm-hmm. Um number 1, it does turn out, Joey, that police can chase someone, shoot them, and not kill them, right? Because Rahami was shot in the leg and the arm, alive still. So anytime when an unarmed black person gets murdered on the side of the road or the middle of the road, as we're going to talk about a little bit later, mm-hmm. or you know they're walking with a knife or whatever it is, they're making threatening gestures, uh, 
people always go, well, why couldn't you just shoot him in the leg? And they're like, well, that's crazy. You can't, yeah, I mean, you know, in the heat of the moment. This is a domestic terrorist who they were had a massive manhunt for. Who is firing a weapon. Yeah, who's got bombs everywhere. He's running with a gun. It's a, literally a, sh- a street shootout where he's running. They were able to shoot him in the leg and take him into custody. Mm-hmm. Well, why? Skin color. Well, yeah, he's just a, a shade lighter than uh, what they're used to. It's, mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? It's like that. I don't want to make light of it, but that's really the like. How is that possible in this case, but never anywhere else? It's insane to suggest it. The only thing I could think of is uh, you would have to look at each individual state at where the um, you know where the events occurred and the training of the officers that were you know that were a part of each. Yeah, well, if that, if that's the case, then whoever trained these cops that that were able to shoot this in New York City, dickhead in the leg. Oh, well, I was London. Yeah, then tra- yeah, New Jersey, and then just tra- get everybody trained by them because clearly they have the right approach. Hey, let's stop shooting everybody in the heart or the brain or the back or whatever. Shoot them in the leg so that yeah. way we can talk to them or and or when we find out that they didn't have a gun and they didn't do anything, they're not dead. Uh, beyond well, also, that, Joe, but it's motive. They want to talk to this guy. They don't care necessarily about, you know, Walter Scott. So they shoot him in the back. Who cares? Also, the other thing that I feel is important in a case like this one is the fact that they're not making a martyr out of the guy. And because think about how bad that would be if you had someone who was going around, um, you know, placing bombs and was then incidentally killed by the cops. Yeah. Well, you think that would make him a martyr, but who would who would treat him as a martyr? I'm Only- pretty sure the Islamic State would say, "Yeah, we did it," because then he's dead, and there's no way to find out the truth. Mm, oh, interesting, Joe. Okay, and very interesting point. I didn't even really look at it that way. Absolutely, maybe that. Maybe you're right. Maybe that is okay. So even more reason why we shouldn't be lethally shooting people. I mean, look, in some ca- if this guy was really threatening somebody or whatever, fine, you you shoot him. He, he's a he's a problem, but. Do, you bring up that's a great point actually right because if he's alive the islamic state can say all they want you know he works for us whatever but you can now say we have no. this guy in custody right yeah you know uh interesting that's a very interesting point now the second point i wanted to make rahami's dad muhammad rahami went to the fbi in 2014 after some kind of stabbing incident concerned him about his son uh incidentally what is the kid's name uh I can't pronounce it. You could do it. Uh, Rahami? No, but what's his first name? I'm trying to distinguish between him and... Oh, Ahmed. Ahmed Rahami. He was not indicted by a grand jury, even though the arresting officer said he was, quote, likely a danger to himself or others. This is after the stabbing incident. So the dad goes to the FBI, Mm -hmm. and this this is a quote from Ahmed Rahami. He goes... Two years ago, I go to the FBI because my son was doing really bad, okay? But they check almost two months. They say, he's okay. He's clean. He's not a terrorist. I say, okay. Now they say he's a terrorist. I say, okay. <laughs> That's all right. Great. But then according to the AP, Mohammed Rahami later re-retracted whatever comments he made to the FBI just being like, no, no, he's not a terrorist. He just got some issues. But okay. Obviously, the guy went to the FBI and the FBI cleared him so this but this fucking keeps happening every time second time third time now i mean uh, countless times we we keep having this conversation and trump's out there 
very bad. We need to, we're not doing a good job. Talk to the FBI because we are, people are doing the right thing. People are going to them. The FBI is on top of these people. And what happens? And they just clear them. And then two years later, they end up being a, a, a fucking serious problem. I don't understand how it keeps happening over and over again. The only thing I can say is in a situation like this, you open up the case file that the FBI had and let it be open to the public so we could actually see what information they did have. Maybe something was overlooked. Maybe something was omitted. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit of a dangerous game, though, opening up the FBI case files, because now, you know, their methods are being revealed. Like, I understand there is a... Well, the method was wrong, apparently, in this case. That's not what I mean. Not not the method of how they looked into him. I'm just saying their methods of operation, you don't necessarily want that to be out there, because people that are looking to do evil or whatever, do bad, they can see then how the FBI would target them potentially and they can look to avoid that. that that's all I'm saying. But you're right. But I, why isn't this the conversation on TV? Why isn't this the conversation with politicians? Forget about ha- talking about going after ISIS and going into the Middle East and doing all this stuff. Why isn't the conversation like, why are all these people slipping through the hands of the FBI when there is clearly an issue with this guy? His dad, any new rule. Anytime a dad goes to the FBI and even remotely suggests that his son might be a terrorist, he probably is a terrorist, okay? Because why would the dad do that? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like, come on, it, dig into it more. He stabbed people. He, he used to rant at work. Meanwhile, another case, this mm-hmm. guy worked uh, as a security guard. Oh, really? Yeah. What? How is this possible to it's just it's the same pattern that you keep seeing over and over again. People that end up being terrorists somehow were involved with security. Security. They like having a gun. They were ranting at work. It's it's always it's it's very, very similar. Maybe they're really undercover and they're learning the system so that way they can use it to their benefit. I don't think so. This guy doesn't seem like a fucking genius. They found him sleeping in a in a bar doorway in Linden, New Jersey. Okay. It's not like he had some kind of master plan. He's an idiot. He just wanted to do something and he did it. Something evil. Yeah. Finally, Joey, this is, uh, I mean, do you have anything to add to this story? Because, uh, again, like, n- it's under control. You know what I mean? This, yeah. this, this story is un- under control. Finally, a homeless man named Lee Parker and his friend Ian White found a backpack of bombs allegedly planted by Rahami near the Elizabeth, New Jersey train station, and they contacted the police. Lee Parker says, under the so-called hero's cape, I'm just a regular dude. I still have my nine lives, I guess, and I'm going to keep trying to live them well. What a nice guy. Yeah, nicely said. He, uh, People are raising money for him and the friend on uh, you know, GoFundMe to try to get him some some work, maybe, or someplace to stay, or whatever, because yeah. the guy did. You know, he took the bag, um, but then realized, because it was just unattended, so he figured, fuck it, I'll take, a, I'll take this bag. Turns out there's a bomb in it, and he did the right thing and got in touch with the police and all that stuff. Overweight New Jersey Governor Chris Christie said charges could be pressed against Parker for stealing the backpack. Hmm. No, I'm just kidding. That didn't happen. Oh. But that's but that's plausible, right? You thought about it for a second. Mm-hmm. That son of a bitch. All right. Uh, <laughs> you ready to get into this? Um, you got any final thoughts on that? I think we covered it. Um, uh, I don't know. It's just... I, I See... Something else that caught my eye about this sure. was that one of his friends said that he had a trip to Afghanistan in 2014 where he got, quote, got more religious. You're right. So how much, like, 
Is there something to be said about people visiting certain countries and becoming radicalized? Yeah, absolutely. We saw it with the Sarnaev uh, dipshits. The the I, Tamerlan was the younger one, I guess. Uh, Joke. I forget what the hell their name were, but yeah, they went to. Um, geez, I want to say Dagestan, but whatever. They went. They went somewhere. Um, yeah, and they they became more religious. They had you know quote radicalized, and yes, that that is a yeah. Of course, that's a factor as well. Sure, when somebody goes to up anywhere it doesn't have to just be a middle eastern country whatever but goes somewhere Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they come back and they've got a whole new ideology and they're like really into it that potentially could be a problem and we're seeing that is the case right he goes to afghanistan now all of a sudden he's really religious he doesn't like america he's got all these rambly writings he's talking about it all the time like okay yeah something something happened there for sure what happened i don't know was it already something that was in his mind and then it just got confirmed when he went there you know, you, you never know, but clear. Yeah, obviously it's a factor. Religion. Let's not pretend it, you can call it a bastardization of religion. You can call it whatever you want, but becoming fundamental, like taking the uh, a fundamentalist view of religion is usually a problem in all contexts. So then shouldn't we then maybe flag the individuals that go to other countries and then come back to America then? Yeah, I'm sure we do. I'm sure we do. That, that's what I'm saying. There's look. There's questions with that as well, though, because what if I I could go to Afghanistan? Should I be flagged for that? No. Right. The only reason you're suggesting is because now, in hindsight, this guy is a bomber, but and also because he has a you know a Muslim name. So that that's partly what what the conversation is. So then you're in a situation where now, anytime somebody with a Muslim name goes to yeah, a Middle Eastern country, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's kooky because you wouldn't do it if I went to India. And went to like a, 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 you know, a Hindu temple or a Buddhist temple or whatever, right? Correct. But that potentially you should because I went to a different country, got more religious and then came back to the United States. You know what I mean? So you got to weigh it. But obviously, yeah, obviously in this case, that was an issue. But flagging him, I don't know. I don't really know how you go about doing that. However, if his friends are saying it and his dad is saying it, yeah, now, yes, you should flag. Now put that third piece together go... Oh, oh, fuck. In 2014, he went to Afghanistan, came back really religious. Now he's stabbing people. He's talking about, okay, yeah, then connect the dots. So maybe the FBI didn't know he went to Afghanistan? I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what they know. We're going to find out as it goes on. Yeah. The good news is they caught the guy, but the, the, Snowden said it really well. We, we've brought this up a number of times on the show. Eventually, you make the haystack so big that it is impossible to find it. You cannot find the needle in the yeah. haystack. And that's what we're doing. We're following two too many leads we're collecting too much information if we could just keep our eye on on the right ball here if somebody comes to you and says my son is acting strange he became more religious i feel like he might be a terrorist follow up on that one yeah don't just take your eye off it and go to the next thing because you have to follow all leads that's insane that doesn't make sense i will say this though joey Mm -hmm. uh proud of new york proud of new jersey i think handled well i didn't nobody's really panicking around here no handled handed as well as it could have been well of course i mean we handled it you know like we've been there before because we have and good let's not fucking this was the right way of course look it wasn't the worst attack that could have happened but it's still a scary thing there's bombs everywhere people don't really know how many people are involved whatever you know uh handled well i think 
Uh, I did want to ask you, uh, were you one of the people that got one of the uh, text messages about the... Um, sure did. Quarter to eight in the morning. I didn't care for that. Why? It said wanted or... It uh, woke me up. It was a like, you know, like vibrated and like uh-huh. went up, like did my little notification sound. And uh, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. And Molly's phone also did the same thing. But yeah. it just said, you know, I, I don't I should have taken a screenshot, but it, it basically was just like, said the guy's name yeah it said want wanted like manhunt or whatever look go to the media for pictures <laughs> like it didn't include a picture or anything but it just said like check it out if you see this asshole let us know okay off topic all right isn't it a little crazy that they can do that today that if there was going to be a manhunt mm-hmm. every person in that area can have a text message sent with the picture what the guy did and everything yeah Get get into that. I mean, define crazy, right? I mean, it, when, yeah. No, no, no. But I'm saying, it, you said crazy, but what do you really mean? Like, well, more so if somebody was innocent and uh-huh. they right. were being chased. That's exactly right. Now you and this, I believe, is the first time that this has actually been used in to help aid in a search of a fugitive this way. Like they'll do it with if a kid is kidnapped, yeah, the Amber Alerts, yeah. or a or a Silver Alert if if somebody with Alzheimer's or whatever is out, like you know they'll just say hey this license plate or whatever but yeah i think this is the first time this has been used this way and you bring up a great point right that you better be fucking damn sure that the person that you're you're have an active manhunt for and you're you're asking millions of people is guilty yeah is well he's not guilty yet but yeah that's the right person that you really you know yes it raises a lot of questions and it also raises the question of how much more advanced is that system going to get because like i said it put the kids, I believe it put his name, but again, it was fucking woke me up out of sleep. I looked at it quick and I was like, well, I'm going back to bed. So good yeah. luck. I hope you guys find him. Um, you could include a picture. It just said, go, you know, go look on the media. That's yeah. where his face is. But they can include a picture there. They could have links to different shit. So, you you know, this could get really, really wild. Think about it this way. You, you think drones aren't going to play a factor in this? They could go, hey, look at this live feed. Help us watch this corner. Help us yeah. watch this corner. You know, like. Things are going to get pretty crazy. Great point, Joe. You're bringing up some really... Uh, I, I didn't even think to talk about that. Yes, absolutely. It was very strange. You didn't get it? Uh, I did not because apparently it was only local people. And I'm not local to either Linden or New York City. Right. Yeah, but I'm all the way uptown. I mean, I guess it just makes sense to, to do it. But I'm like, you know, 70 blocks, 60 blocks away from there. Well, all I'm saying is I didn't get it. No, I know. well, I'm sorry. Hopefully, Joey, the next time somebody blows something up, it's closer to your house. So you'll get the the alert. Not cool. What? Not cool. Oh, you don't care that that no, much. No, no, not at all. Okay. Uh, <laughs> do you? No. Uh, God forbid, Joey. I'd be devastated if if you were killed in a bombing. <sighs> what? That's wow. a nice thing to okay, say. Great. I said it's, I'd yeah, be devastated thing. if you got killed. Yeah, I bet bombing. you what? say that to all your friends. Absolutely. Only the pretty ones. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, all right. Now we're joking around, but we're about to get into a serious thing. You want to yes. get into this Terrence Crutcher thing? thing i mean that's like the wrong way to put it this person was murdered another unarmed totally innocent black man murdered in the street in america okay yes last friday in tulsa oklahoma 40 year old unarmed black man terrence crutcher was shot and killed after officers spotted his stalled vehicle en route to an unrelated call now before we even go any further this guy that gets killed by the cops Mm mm-hmm didn't he they were on their way to go do something they were on their way to like a domestic violence call yes he his car broke down he's in the middle of the road 
that's enough to get killed. Yes. Police initially said Crutcher refused to put his hands up, but video released by Tulsa police on Monday tells a different story. Uh, Critcher was shot and killed by Officer Betty Shelby. He was also stun gunned by Officer Tyler Turnbow. Now, by the way, this is something else I'd like to do here. Um, I'm biting something from Countdown with Keith Elberman, a show that I used to really like. I used to watch it all the time. Mm-hmm. This is the 39th day since Colin Kaepernick began his protest of the national anthem. It's not working. Well, I'm gonna keep. We're gonna we're gonna keep updating that every episode. All right, because Keith Elberman used to do that. This is the 2,365th day since the former president declared war in Iraq. All or right, timeout. Or of, declared mission accomplished in Iraq. All right, timeout. Yes, Joey. Of all the things that you can keep count of, you're going to keep count of Kaepernick kneeling for the anthem. Well, here's why. Okay. Because the reason why he's kneeling. I think he's gotten lost in the shuffle. I think the conversation just become about the act as opposed to what it's symbolizing. And what it's symbolizing is my people, people that are like me, mm-hmm. black people in America are getting killed for no reason every day. And until that stops happening, until we're treated equally, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stand for this anthem. So that's why I'm bringing it up in this segment. And that's why I'm going to keep, cause it's not about the fucking anthem. That's what people have have confused this whole argument about. Like, how dare he? It's a fucking stupid poem song. It doesn't matter. Get outraged about this. This is the thing to be outraged about. That's why I'm bringing it up in this context. Because that's what he's fucking doing. Great point. Thank you. Let's just hear one more time. What day is it since? It is the 39th day. Okay. He started on August 14th. Because nobody cared for the first two preseason games. I had to look up, obviously, when he started doing it last night to start this countdown. I have a little clock on my phone, so I know how long he's been doing it. But, um, yeah, he did it at two preseason games that nobody noticed because mm-hmm. he wasn't in uniform. You're counting those. Well, he's still, he's kneeled for the anthem. I'm yeah, just making sure. Absolutely. Just... Oh, why? If he's not in uniform, it doesn't count? I'm being a dick. He was on the sideline. You, you are being a dick, Joey. How dare you? Um, all right. Now, listen to this. This is another... This kid... Theme of today's show, mm-hmm. repeating patterns okay. or, or patterns, I guess, right? The things that keep happening over and over again. Two minutes passed between Crutcher being shot and receiving any aid from police. How many minutes? Two minutes. I had to make sure he's dead. I mean, yeah. Demario Solomon Simmons, who's the lawyer uh, for the family, said in a manner all too reminiscent to other police shootings, quote, Terrence died on that street in his own blood without any help. Now, there were four cops on the scene initially, then five. There's also five cop cars there. This is for nothing. I mean, the car is just stalled. This guy's doing nothing. And then that two minutes passes because you're right. Right. Well, we got to cover our own ass here. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, well. We'll just let this guy die in the street. It's fucked up. And we're going to watch the videos. I don't know if you saw the videos, I, but we're going to go through them. Uh, I have. We're going to watch them. Very disturbing. Yeah. One of the things that caught me off guard sure. was said by Sparks person, Officer Jenny McKenzie. Okay. I don't know that we have a protocol on how to render aid to people. You're supposed to protect and serve. We don't know if we have a pro- She said we don't know if we have a protocol. Yeah. We don't know if we have one? Mm-hmm. Well, what are you talking about? It's like you have to have one. <laughs> how about call an ambulance? Because that wasn't done. No. 
CPR, nothing. Nope. Pat him on the back. Nope. Hey, sorry, buddy. You okay? No, effectively, what they did was they stood there. They looked at their watch. Yeah. They counted for two minutes before they walked over to the body to make sure he was done. It's, yeah. No, I mean, it's obscene. And ju- again, we is justice going to be done? Like Tamir was asking, justice wasn't done in the Sandra Bland case. Yeah, maybe they'll get a couple million bucks. But they fucking murdered this guy in the middle of the street. And we're going to watch it. And there's also... um. You know, there there's two videos. There's one, the dash cam, the police dash cam, which mm-hmm. you can watch, which you don't see exactly. You know, it's kind of obscure because people are standing in the way. But they also released a helicopter cam, which you can hear the conversation of the people watching this go down. Mm-hmm. And that's really the one I think that it coupled with the actions of the officers. It's like it's really uh, infuriating, and you can just see they're very callous and and their only concern, the people in the helicopter, as far as I can tell, is the other officers. They do not give a shit about the guy that just got killed. Speaking about that. Sure. Um, I thought you were going to have the clip of what his twin sister said, but may I share that with everybody? Terrence Kutcher? Yeah, yes, his twin sister. Sure. Um, I, I don't know if I even saw it, yeah. Okay. So this is what she had to say. Okay. That big bad dude was my twin brother. That big bad dude was a father. That big bad dude was a son. That big bad dude was enrolled at Tosa Community College, just wanted to make us proud. That big bad dude loved God. That big bad dude was at church sinning with all his flaws every week. Right. That big dude, that's who he was. Yeah. Yeah, and you reference it. Well, we're going to see it in the videos yes. coming up. But yeah, I mean, right. Well, okay, well, we'll get into it, but we'll, we're going to come back to that because yes. it'll, it'll come up in the video in a minute. Now, uh, guys, if you're listening to this, you can easily, I'm sure, find this the the video. The first one, like I mentioned, is the Tulsa Police Department dash cam. We're going to watch it. It's about a minute. Uh, and again, things escalate very quickly. And here we go, Joey. We can kind of like talk through it and we'll just, uh, you know, we'll do it like we normally do. Now, okay, so now I'll just pause it right there. There's already a cop car there. Another cop car pulls up, which is the one that's filming this incident. The car that Crutcher, I guess, broke down in or whatever is sitting in the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. And now he's just walking clearly back to his car with his hands clearly over his head. Yeah, there. I mean, over his head, no question about it. All right. Now there is a quickly a female officer, Betty. What the hell's her name? Shelby. Betty Shelby walking behind Crutcher with gun drawn. Now, Crutcher, excuse me. I don't understand to begin with my gun is wrong yeah why are the gun is wrong now according to her he seemed like on drugs or something that was her her quote so she's mm-hmm. already on edge which there's no proof that that's the case at all uh and she's now following somebody who's done nothing again on their way to a domestic violence call she's just following him with a gun drawn his hands are up because mm-hmm. they they lied they said initially he refused to do his hands are up it's clear we're watching it yeah all right now, another officer, this is, uh, I guess, Tyler Turnbaugh. He is now running up behind the officer and um, Terrence Crutcher. Again, hands still in the air, and now you can see the Turnbaugh just yanked his taser out of his, whatever, his belt. All right. Now, they're both right behind him. That, she just shot him. That's how quick it happened. That guy runs up. She just shot him. He goes to get in his car. Terrence Crutcher does. Mm -hmm. Shot in the back. Yep. Now two more officers are running up. 
And now Crutcher's just... They, first of all, they shoot him in the back. I guess they stun gun him. And they four officers stand there with guns drawn just watching him Die. fall. Yeah, he falls to the street. Uh, we're going to hear it more clearly in the helicopter video, but that's the officer that shot him going, shots fired! Her panicky voice there infuriates me. It's a prime example of somebody that is in the wrong place. Like you're not, you're not quite clearly. You're not qualified to do this. You're, you're too freaked out. You just killed someone. Shots. Like, you don't know what's, you don't understand how to do this job. Obviously. Do you know what makes me sad? It's not because she's a woman or whatever. It's like anybody we've talked about it before where the, uh, you know, the guy that, that I can't think of his name that got shot in the car when the the officer's like, fuck, Ah!" you know, like they're all freaking out. It doesn't matter. She's a woman. I'm just, you know, you know what makes me sad about this? Well, it, it almost makes me want to cry. You you have a human being in the street that is slowly dying. Yeah. And you have four human beings that don't even go to a man who is dying to to offer any kind of support or anything in somebody's last minutes. They're just Yeah, he dies out. alone. Right. Right. Even forget right doing anything to actually help him. Right. They're just gonna stand over him while he dies in the street by himself. Hold you, hold you well and that's why I'm like, playing the video. It's like it's, it's two it's two minutes now, you're just gonna see they don't do anything. They're just kinda of bullshitting with each other. They're talking to each other. They're just why they're they are literally just watching it as though it's uh now another officer runs up. They they don't know what to do. It it it, it, it this is a clusterfuck that you're watching. Oh, look, now they're... Ba- Meanwhile, they're... Joey, this this is infuriating. They're backing away from him with guns drawn, like, arm in arm, like, protecting each other. He's dying. He is going to die on the street there. You just shot him. R- right up close, you shot him. And they're we're still worried? What is that? What is the fucking fear? And, yeah. we're, and like you said, the bad dude. We're going to see it in this helicopter video. Because, like... He had nothing in his hands. He's there. He's he's dying. He's legitimately dying. And I guess they don't even see him as a human being. Well, no, because they're covering their... I, I, you don't know what's going through their head, but I. But clearly they don't if they're just going to... Like, even if you, you shoot him and you know, like, oh, boy, I, f- I fucked up here. Like, I could be in trouble for this. Even yeah, but though, at least... But, like, that, but that's what I'm saying. You have to do, still do your job now. You're now a... Pu- you're a public servant. You have to take care of this person. It do doesn't matter something. that you're the one that just shot him. Right. Yeah, man. It's... No one tried to stop the bleeding. Nothing. They just... Nope. They just backed away. They backed away. Well, they're scared of him. This is the uh, this is the other video. This is the helicopter cam that we can get into. Because this one, I think, is more... Cal- I don't know. We'll say look at this. All right, Betty Joe, where are you at? Okay. So now this is a helicopter overhead, and you see... Crutcher with his hands up over his head in front yep. of the police car, and you can see the officer Betty Shelby with her gun drawn now. Mm-hmm. So now, the everything you're hearing, the commentary that you're hearing, is the helicopter officers or whoever talking about what they're seeing on the ground as it's happening. Well, which is what we just saw from ground level. Well, he's got his hands up there for her now. <laughs> okay, so they so again, initial report was he refused to put his hands up, but now they're like, oh, his hands are up. Now he's walking back towards his vehicle. Okay, another cop car pulled up. 
right, hands, I'm going to hit the recorder. His hands are up. This guy's still walking. And following commands. All right, so this is the point where now the other guy's there, too, with the with the taser. So still walking, following commands, has not broke the law, has done nothing wrong. No, oh, yeah, and that's what I wanted to say before. Right, he's never broken the law at all. Like, it's not illegal to break down in the street. Like, your car can break down. That happens. Not for taser, I think. Oh, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Let me go back. Cause it's just... Yeah, you talked over right, it. I'm going to hit the recorder. This guy's still walking. And following commands. Not for taser, I think. Time for taser, I think. Well, what the fuck do you know, piece of shit? What, really? It's taser time? <laughs> it's horrible. Well, it's 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 absurd. Like, why why is it taser time? I... I... I don't know. I, I feel maybe some of these individuals get off and seeing people suffer, I guess. A hundred percent. I think you're right. All right, now two other officers are running up. I've got a feeling that's about to happen. That looks like a bad dude, too. To be honest with them. Which way are they, Faye? He looks like a bad dude. He's got to be on something. What are you talking about? Yeah, How, just walking you're in the tongue. air. How the fuck would you know? How would you know? But that's the problem. I think they're just being racist. Well, that's the thing, Joey. I mean, at a certain point, how can you like hear this commentary, watch what's happening, and go like, "Wow, well, it's just an accident." Like, it's Oklahoma. It's a uh, a black guy. They're racist, right? It's it, there's an element of racism involved in, in play here. Cl- clearly, they're they're looking at a guy who is not doing anything, didn't commit a crime at all. And they're going, he's a bad dude, probably on something. Why? What? Why? I don't, I don't. Isn't it possible that he's just a good guy who doesn't want to be arrested for nothing? And so he is just trying to leave because he didn't do anything or he's going to get in his car, whatever. Like, wh- wh- why is he a bad guy on drugs? Default setting, I guess. And that's what you do. You just shoot, you murder a, a, somebody who's on drugs? Yeah. That's how you protect and serve. Eating Literally up. everybody I know has been on drugs at some point. Should they be all killed? No. Okay. Police one, they're facing westbound. Uh, I think he may have just been tasered. Nope, he was actually shot dead. Shot fired! Oh, dude, that when I heard that... That panic in her voice makes me livid. We're going to skip back and we'll, we'll hear it again mm-hmm. because... That tells you everything you need to know about what just happened. Maybe she's not the racist. Maybe she is. Who knows? But God damn it. She, if you, you can, t- not, you can't tell me she's not terrified for some reason when no. she shouldn't be. Which way are they facing? Police one, they're facing westbound. Uh, I think he may have just been tasered. Shots fired. And now you're seeing him lie on the ground with like blood everywhere, and the guy goes, Ooh! They need to get this uh, eastbound closed down if they could, because they're not going to be able to let anybody. Okay. Uh, police one, we're going to need to get eastbound 36th Street North. Actually, we're just going to need 36th Street North shut down uh, at Lewis, and then probably back off about three or four blocks to the west of there. I'm going to go up a little higher now, like here. All right, and that's it. Now the and cops still no one, no one goes no. over. and he's just lying there. That's it. He's dead in the road. 
Defend that. There are people that defend will defend that. They go, well, he should have put his hands. Fuck you. His hands were up. He didn't do anything. There's nothing you can do to say. To yeah, you uh, think so? Go go on the Fox and Friends or the Fox News. Go on their how, Twitter stream. How could you play devil's advocate? How? There, because, you know what? He should, Listen, if the cops told him to do whatever, he should have stopped. Walk, yeah, fuck yourself. Because you're never going to be in that situation. You don't know what it's like. And there are people that are going to, Believe me, Joe, there's plenty of people that have played devil's advocate, but we just, that's why we watch the videos. That's why we talk about them. It's like, there's no denying, and there's no weapon. He doesn't have a weapon or anything. No. It's, I, I have nothing else to say. It's a sham. Meanwhile, 13-year-old Tyree, I, it's spelled T-Y-R-E, I'm not, but I'm assuming it's Tyree. Tyree King was shot and killed on Wednesday in Columbus, Ohio, while holding a laser-sided BB gun. That's a 13-year-old. And these stories, I didn't have time to dig into the same way that I did with this, but mm-hmm. I'm bringing them up because, again, these are things that have happened. 43-year-old Keith Scott in, where did we say, Charlotte, Joey? Yes. Uh, who was armed, supposedly. I mean, there's a, a weapon was found at the scene, okay? He was shot and killed when police mistook him for a wanted man. <laughs> so, okay, he had a gun, but he wasn't guilty of anything, but they still shot him because it's like he fit the description. Mm-hmm. Uh we also have this video that was sent uh, by Jeff on Twitter, which I which I was gonna say I like. I don't like the video, but it's um, it's good to have this. Police accidentally recorded themselves plotting to retaliate against a protester in West Hartford, uh, Connecticut, with a sign reading. The guy that was protesting, the sign read, "Cops ahead, remain silent." He was at a DUI checkpoint. He's like a guy that's really into like privacy, mm-hmm. and so he goes to DUI checkpoints and just throws up a sign. There. Yeah. yeah. Now, listen to this video. This is like a two-minute video. This is from when the cop goes after the guy, the protester. They take his his, uh, his camera, but they don't realize it's on. So then you can hear what they decide that they're going to do. Oh. Okay. Is this justice? It's take my picture. No, it is. It's a public property. It's illegal to take my picture personally. It is illegal. Now, this is the cop saying, it is illegal to take my picture personally. No, it's, no, it's not. You're a, you're a cop, dickhead. You're allowed to be filmed. And this guy is like the epitome. John Barone, he's the epitome of a piece of shit. Period. Wow. He is. If you get any documentation, I'm allowed you to take my picture? No, no but you're on public property. No, Therefore, you have property. no reasonable... I'm on state ex- property. You have no reasonable expectation of privacy. Quiet. Not yet. I got the camera. Yeah, smart fucking idiot. Maybe you should learn how a camera works. On September 11, 2015, Connecticut resident Michael Picard was protesting near a police DUI checkpoint in West Hartford. Unbeknownst to the troopers who had confiscated the camera, it was rolling while they appeared to fabricate criminal infractions. <laughs> oh, no. Yep. Have that Hartford lieutenant call me. I want to see if he's got any grudges, says Master Sergeant Patrick Torneo. You want me to punch a number on this either way? Got to cover our ass, says first class piece of shit, John Barone. So we could hit him with the reckless use of the highway by a pedestrian and creating a public disturbance and whatever he said. Yeah, 
I'll hit him with that. I'll give him a ticket for that. You can't just decide. Like, he actually has to have done something or not done something. You can't just be like, you know what? Let's do this, this, and this. You fucking, you're garbage. You're just garbage. That's what you are. Chris, these are offices. Uh-huh. They're there to protect and to serve. Yeah, they're doing and a And we job. obviously have a individual that was rowdy and causing an issue on the highway, and he needs to be uh, prosecuted to the fullest state of the, uh, the law. Yeah, you know what they don't like? Mm-hmm. They don't like that this is a guy that is just going to be, he's allowed to be there in protest. You're allowed to do that. They just don't like him because they're trying to fucking, you know, jack up revenue by doing these DUI, these, all these DUI checkpoints and whatever. It's not for your safety. They're not doing that for our safety. I don't believe that. They don't care if you're driving drunk. They really don't. I I, I don't believe that. Maybe some do, but it's like these st- checkpoints, it's just an excuse to try to find a bigger, you know, ticket or whatever, find you doing something wrong. It's not just about driving drunk. That's not their main concern. Let's, uh, you know what? I was going to play the rest of this video, but it's like another couple of minutes. Let's, let's, because we're running out of time a little bit. Oh, okay. I do want to get to the, uh, the Wells Fargo Elizabeth Warren thing. And we do have a pretty nice uh, 2016 update, which we'll close out with. So, but anyway, but moving thank you. on. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff, for sending that on Twitter. That was, uh, it's the ACLU released that video. Um, and again, it's West Hartford police. So if you want to look that up, you can, you can look into that more, but yeah, you think that fucking doesn't happen? Um, a lot where cops just get together and like, well, what are we going to do now? We got to, we got to hit them with something. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I do have one, actually one more, uh, one more thing I wanted to get into here. Finally, Joey, three Miami dolphins, Arian Foster, Kenny Stills, and Michael Thomas knelt during the anthem on Sunday, prompting union president for the Broward County Sheriff's office to say they should no longer have to escort the dolphins to the games in response. And I have a quote from this guy, Jeff Bell, who's the Broward County Sheriff's Office Union president. He says, I can only imagine the public outcry if a group of police officers refused to stand for the Pledge of Allegiance or if we turned our back for the American flag for the national anthem. There would be a public outcry and internal affairs complaints a mile long on that. Yeah, because you work for us. You work for us. We pay your salary. You're a public servant. Arian Foster is a running back. He can do whatever he wants. He's a, a private citizen. He's not providing any public service to us. Good point. The, like, yeah. what a fucking dumb argument. Yeah, of course. But you know what? I support a cop's right to do it, too. You want to kneel? Great. Get on board. Get on board with the whole protest. I'd be happy to see that. But yeah. Yeah, of course you're you're held to... Essentially, he's complaining that they're, they're held to a higher standard. Yes. Yes. You're the law. You get to carry a gun. You get to kill people with impunity, apparently. Yeah, Foster just runs with the football. Fucking give me a break. I respect their right to have freedom of speech. However, in certain organizations and certain jobs, you give up that right of your freedom of speech temporarily while you serve that job or while you play in an NFL game. Are you crazy? I don't think that looks like that. Well, what a what a fucking flawed logic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I play for the Dolphins, so I, I no longer ha- I'm a citizen. I have to pause that for the next two hours while I'm on the field, and then when I go home, I'm a citizen. Like, what are you, nuts? Are you crazy? Look at the other shit that the, the football players are getting arrested for. This is, this is what you... This is just being an American citizen. That drives me insane. It's just such stupid, flawed logic. See, I... I feel like this would bring up, maybe we should take another look at Jeff Bell and how he's giving a service to our community. Absolutely, Joe. You're right. Yes, that's the thing. You don't know it 
until somebody comes out and says something like that. And then you go, well, I wonder what other kind of weird yeah, views this guy has. Yeah, let's just take a quick look. We reevaluate how he has helped the community and uh, we form a consensus. Yeah, it, it's, you know, it's also the other thing that I was just thinking about, uh, you know, watching all this stuff. How emotional these 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 cops tend to be or people that are defending the cop, like the union people. What, shouldn't you have like a level of calm to like, you have to understand that there's going to be stuff that comes your way. Typically you're encountering people on their worst day or like in a situation that they don't want to be a part of mm-hmm. like when you're coming across them. Um, you have to be an even keel, man. You have to be above that. And it seems like in every circumstance when the cops have a m- most, again, I'm bl- blanket, blanket statements, but it seems like in a lot of these situations when the cops have the opportunity to either be calm and deescalate, they don't, they're not, they choose to go the other absolute other way, the wrong way. It's like a self-serving thing as opposed to serving the population that you actually are beholden to, which is the people, the taxpayers, the people in your your town, your county, your city that pay your salary. Like you serve them. Yeah. And, and I got to tell you, man, respect is not guaranteed. I'm sorry. It's just not. If you want respect, become the CEO of Wells Fargo. You know what I mean? Well, although Elizabeth Warren kind of <laughs> puts him in his place in two seconds, which we're going to watch that. But you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. if you want a respect, become a running back. If you want to, you know what I mean? We want people to like revere you. Some look, it's a thankless job sometimes. I completely understand that. But a lot of people work thankless jobs. Yeah. You you have to act professionally though, regardless. Especially when you're the one that's enforcing the laws and whatever. Of course. People are gonna get mad at you, but you have to you gotta be above it. Prove that you're above it. Then maybe people wouldn't be protesting you as much. You you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I just I don't know. I think I think from this point on, anytime we have somebody say something that you know, is interesting. We should double look at what they've, how they've been a service to the community. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, we saw it with, um, what the fuck's his name? Aaron Persky, the, the idiot when the, uh, the, uh, the rapist, the, what, what's his name? I can't think of it. What Brock? Yeah. Brock Turner. Yeah. The rapist. Uh, yeah. The, we, you, you don't know the judge until that comes out and then people are like, well, that was a fucking terrible decision. And then they look at his other ones and they go, Oh yeah, it seems to be there, there's, uh, there's a history of making terrible decisions. Yeah. A History of Terrible Decisions could be a good title. Uh, all right. You, are you ready for that? So, okay. Terrence Crutcher, terrible. We're going to follow that story. We'll see if any charges are brought. Um, we'll look at these other cases. And God knows, man. I mean, by next week, there might be another one. Like, we, we keep seeing it over and over again. This is why Colin Kaepernick's thing is brave. It's a good thing to do. Keep doing it. It's the 39th day. Keep doing it. And we're going to keep track of that because, again, the conversation has shifted to the anthem and patriotism. It's, that's not what it's a focus on why he's doing it, not your own ill-conceived notions of, of you know, patriotism and blah, blah, blah. Shh. We have a real problem here. Let's focus on that. On Tuesday, Joey, members on the Senate Banking Committee grilled Wells Fargo CEO John Stumpf over a bonus pay scheme for top execs that gave the company a nearly $160 million taxpayer subsidy, as well as opening millions of accounts and credit cards without customers' permission to help justify the bonuses for performance. That's called cross-selling, which Elizabeth Warren is going to reference uh, a little bit, where you 
you try to get your customers to open more accounts and credit mm-hmm. lines and all that stuff without any benefit to them, but just the more that you do, the stock price tends to go up. And she's oh, going to talk about that. Oh, that's interesting. Right, so, okay, but she'll get into that a little bit. Most of, now listen to this too. Most of the fraud occurred in the community banking group. 5,300 employees, low-level employees, not regional managers, not executives, 5,300 like bank tellers, people that work in a bank, have been fired, no executives. Enter... Elizabeth Warren. And this is why I'm glad Elizabeth Warren is not uh, like the running mate with Hillary Clinton because I want to see her be doing this stuff. And she's doing this on our behalf. I don't think we get to see this enough. She's not the only one that does it, but she does it really well. When you get somebody in this, in like one of these committee hearings, fucking grill them. Because you could say whatever you want. Like she (laughs) can go at this person for as, as hard as she wants. And she does. And I like that because she's our, she's on our team. You ready? Yep. This is Elizabeth Warren uh, questioning John Stumpf, the Wells Fargo CEO, after you know the revelation of a huge scandal. Uh, and a public service. Oh, this of is your C-SPAN. Thank provider. you, C-SPAN. We love you. C-SPAN, really it. created by cable. Okay, Senator Warren. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Mr. Stump, the Wells Fargo vision and values statement. We just have two. It's two segments. It's like two minutes mm-hmm. and two minutes. Well, let's do it, and then we're going to get to the 2016 update and get out of here. What you frequently cite says. Quote, we believe in values live, not phrases memorized. If you want to find out how strong a company's ethics are, don't listen to what its people say. Watch what they do. So let's do that. Since this <laughs> I, massive- I, I love this so much. It's like, this makes me really happy. This is, this is what Trump calls her Pocahontas and all this shit, and people tend to think that nobody's doing anything. But this person is doing something here. Yes. Okay, this is what you want to see her do. So let's listen. Let's enjoy the performance. Years long. Because that's what it is, too. It's a performance. You know, Mm -hmm. like she knows there's cameras, there's people watching. She does want to dress this guy down because he's an animal who, you know, has gotten rich off of other people's backs. And then they've been punished for the shit that he's done. So, okay, uh, enjoy. Scam came to light. You have said repeatedly, quote, I am accountable. But what have you actually done to hold yourself accountable? Have you resigned as CEO or chairman of Wells Fargo? The board, I serve at the- Have you resigned? No, I've not. All right. Have you returned one nickel of the millions of dollars that you were paid while this scam was going on? Well, first of all, this was by 1% of our people and- That's not my question. My question is about (laughs) responsibility. Have you returned one nickel of the millions of dollars that you were paid while this scam? Watching this made me want to, I was like, I want to be a senator just to be able to do this. Like all the bull, this is why. It's not the power. It's not the whatever. It's being able to get a a shitty, like cheating CEO in front of me and just go in. What's going on? The the board will take care of that. Have you returned one nickel? Of the money you earned while this scam was going on. Motherfucker, right? That that's, feels like the tone. And, and the board will do I will it. take that as a no then. Have you fired a single senior executive? And by that, I don't mean a regional manager or a branch manager. I'm asking about the people who actually led your community banking division or your compliance division. We've, we've made a change in our regional, to lead our regional bank. I just said, I'm not asking about regional managers. I'm not asking about branch managers. I'm asking if you have fired senior management, the people who actually led community banking division, 
who oversaw this fraud, or the compliance division that was in charge of making sure that the bank complied with the law? Carrie Toll said... Did you fire uh, no. any of those people? No. Okay. <laughs> so you haven't resigned. You haven't returned a single nickel of your personal earnings. You haven't fired a single senior executive. Instead, evidently, your definition of accountable is to push the blame to your low-level employees who don't have the money for a fancy PR firm to defend themselves. It's gutless leadership. It oh. Meanwhile, this stupid asshole just has to sit there and take it, you know? Yep. He should be. He should go to jail, but she's going to get into that point in a second. Uh, all right, so this is just the end of it where she kind of is wrapping up. Now, this is a longer clip. I mean, you can watch this clip online. It's, you know, 15 minutes or something, but I, I took a couple of, you know, just two choice cuts out of it. Yeah, let's, let's listen. This is, uh, this is Elizabeth Warren excruciating CEO of uh, Wells Fargo. This is the last, uh, this is how she wraps up her, her talk. Going on. That was very good for you personally, wasn't it, Mr. Stumpf? Do you know how much money, how much value your stock holdings in Wells Fargo gained while this scam was underway? Well, first of all, it was not a scam. And cross-sell is a way of deepening relationships. When customers we've, use We've been customers, through this, Mr. Stumpf. I asked you a very simple it, question. It, Do you know how much the value of your stock went up while this scam was going on? It's all of my compensation is in our uh, uh, public. Do filing. you know how much it was? It's all in the public filing. Oh, you're right. It is all in the public records because I looked it up. <laughs> While this scam was going on, you personally held an average of 6.75 million shares of Wells stock. No <laughs> fucking way. Joey, Joey, for people listening, Joey Joey was just looking at the screen and then his his eyes just lit up like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, what? Millions of shares. Millions of shares. Share price during this time period went up by about $30, which comes oh. out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Joey wants to become the CEO of Wells Fargo. Uh, oh my God! Yeah, it makes you uncomfortable. But let well, listen. Then two hundred million dollars in gains, all for you personally, and thanks in part to those cross-sell numbers that you talked about on every one of those calls. You know, here's what really gets me about this, Mr. Stump. <laughs> if one of your tellers took a handful of $20 bills out of the cash drawer, they'd probably be looking at criminal charges for theft. They could end up in prison. But you squeezed your employees to the breaking point so they would cheat customers and you could drive up the value of your stock and put hundreds of millions of dollars in your own pocket. And when it all blew up, you kept your job you kept your multi-million dollar bonuses, and you went on television to blame thousands of $12 an hour employees who were just trying to meet cross-sell quotas that made you rich. This is about accountability. You should resign. You should give back the money that you took while this scam was going on, and you should be criminally investigated by both the Department of Justice and the Securities and Exchange Commission. You know, this just isn't right. A cashier who steals a handful of 20s is held accountable, but Wall Street executives who almost never hold themselves accountable. Not now and not in 2008 when they crushed the worldwide economy. 
The only way that Wall Street will change is if executives face jail time when they preside over massive frauds. We need tough new laws to hold corporate executives personally accountable, and we need tough prosecutors who have the courage to go after people at the top. Until then, it will be business as usual. And at giant banks like Wells Fargo, that seems to mean cheating as many customers, investors, and employees as they possibly can. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Jesus Christ, Elizabeth. Wow. Yeah, but that's a... Okay. That's a real person, Elizabeth Warren. She actually cares. She sees what's happening. It fucking pisses her off. She hates that guy. Like... It's not it's not like afterward they're going to hang out or whatever or like hey look nothing personal it's just busy like she fucking hates that guy there's no question about it and good for her cuz he's a garbage person he's working in a system that they've all built together though that we've allowed to let happen Elizabeth Warren is somebody that works against that the problem is if she had to run for president or vice president maybe she gets co-opted and you know you never know but i got to believe that that's the type of administration Bernie Sanders would have where she'd be heavily involved in that. Like, yeah. that's what you need. That's what we need desperately now. We're not going to get that. But at least she's there. At least she's doing that. We'll see what happens with this garbage guy. But is that nice to watch, though? It's beautiful, except that, you know, he's going to walk away scot-free. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Maybe I'll get fined or something. I don't know. All right. Let's I'll tell you this. We need to get into this 2016 update because uh, we're running out of time. You want to do it? Yep. Uh, Trump has a 42.4% chance of winning the presidency, according to Nate Silver. Now, for the record, mm-hmm. since we've been cataloging, paying attention to all this, yeah. his number just keeps on going up, correct? Uh, well, no, it was it was at a certain point. Let, let me see. I can actually click on this. I can give you a real answer. It was at a certain point. Then the conventions happened and the paths diverged. And now they're just coming back to where they were essentially before the conventions. The conventions happened. and everything? Okay. Yeah. Um, here, I'm trying so to. So back to the beginning. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, the race is tight. Again, we got a debate Monday. I don't know how much that impacts it. I mean, at one point it was 51-49. Then, then the conventions happened. And now it's, you know, Hillary has a 57.6% chance. Still well ahead. Yeah, look, I, look. As long as as long as though that's a real number, as long as it's actually fifty eight percent, fine. Then I'll take it. Now, this is some other inf- interesting information that I have for this week. I have a couple of of new bits of information that I think mm-hmm. are, are good. First of all, Democrats have a fifty six point one percent chance of the sen- of controlling the Senate. Ooh, look as at of that. Right now. So okay, tipping point states, Joey. These are the states that are most likely to give one candidate or the other 270 electoral votes. It'll put them over that threshold, which is the number you need to become president. Florida has a 16% chance of being that tipping point state. Hmm. All right. So pay very close attention to Florida. Pennsylvania has a 10.9% chance of being that tipping point state. Michigan, 10.7. Ohio, 10.4. North Carolina, 9.0. Nate Silver says that this is one of those elections where there isn't one major one, although Florida obviously is at 16%. But you have one. to get the majority of them? Well, no, it's just that sometimes one of them will be like an 80%. You know what I mean? Like they could go very high, but yeah. for whatever reason, this election is all over the place. And Okay. Now, these are must-win states for Trump and Clinton, and I find this information very fascinating. I have the top three for each of them. Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. she wins Iowa. Okay, if Hillary Clinton wins Iowa... 
she has a 95% chance of winning the election. Wow, just like that. Yeah. So again, we're gonna we're gonna talk about these as we get closer to like <laughs> election day. If she loses Iowa, she only has a 39% chance of winning the election. Hmm. If she wins Ohio, she has a 95% chance of winning the election. If she loses, she only has a 33% chance, which I'm concerned about because Ohio right now is in Trump's camp. Hmm. Florida. If she wins Florida, she has a 94% chance of winning the election. Basically, these states are rub- like metrics. And if th- you know she's hitting these, then that means that the trends are going her direction. She's going to yes. win. 94% chance if she wins Florida. Only a 28% chance of winning the election if she loses Florida. Trump, Michigan. These are his top three. 91% chance he wins the election if he wins Michigan. Only wow. 20% chance if he loses. Yeah. Minnesota. Minnesota. 90% chance of winning the election if he wins Minnesota. Only a 25% chance if he loses it. Wisconsin. 90% chance winning the election if he wins Wisconsin. 20% chance if he loses. Colorado, Joey. Uh-huh. Both of them have an 82% chance of winning the election if they win Colorado. And an 18% chance of uh, winning if they lose Colorado. Huh. So, interesting. I'll keep bringing those numbers periodically, but but cuz we're going into the election, man, we're going to you know, we're going to just have we're, we're going to know. Like we're going to know pretty quickly. Yeah, we're going to be casting the votes. Yeah. You know, maybe on election night, I, I don't know, I guess it's a Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll just get together and we'll uh we can like record something while we're doing it. We just tack it on to the podcast or whatever. Okay. At least as a bonus. We'll figure it out. Uh okay. Donald Trump Joey used $258,000 from his charitable foundation to pay legal settlements in 07 and 2010. Well, that's what you're supposed to do with the money, isn't it? Is it? Is that right? You, I provide charity to myself. I'm the most deserving. Yes. The campaign, Donald Trump's current presidential campaign, paid $500,000 to companies he owns in August. Yeah. Also, he went from spending 20000 a month to 180000 a month in private security fees. Does he own the security companies? No, too? he doesn't actually. <laughs> no, so that's just other money he's spending. Is it a friend? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Possibly. Uh, but like, if he, do you think that if Hillary Clinton spent, you know, six hundred and fifty thousand dollars on stuff completely unrelated to the campaign, that would be a scandal? Yes. Do you think people would talk about that more? Yeah, and then the Clinton initiative would come up and. There'd right. be a whole thing. Right. But Trump Trump paid two hundred fifty grand in legal settlements just using charity money and then spent five hundred thousand dollars of of donated money to his own businesses. And that <laughs> that's okay. Okay. It's a double standard. It's insane. I mean, I'm really hoping that the debate does something, but I was after that commander in chief forum, I'm not very hopeful about Hillary being you know, performing really well. The only thing is Trump's gonna have to actually answer supposedly answer some questions and god knows he's not going to be able to so what would you want to do a pre-analysis of the debate let's let's get through the just finish up with the update and then if we have time we'll we'll do a little pre-analysis because i just want to say that you're going to have a master of reality television on a forum and well he's going to probably kick her ass and somebody who doesn't come off as a natural politician up there maybe so we'll I mean, see what maybe. happens. Well, we will see. In a series of tweets, likable billionaire Mark Cuban challenged Trump with an enticing offer. And these are the this is what he said. $10 million to the charity of your choice if you let me interview you for four hours on your policies and their substance. 
Ground rules are that you can't mention the Clintons or discuss anything other than the details and facts of your plans, and no one else is in the room to help. Just me, you, and a broadcast crew. I'll add an option if you need it. I'll write you the check, and you can keep the money rather than give it to charity. In the immortal words of you, what do you have to lose? I love Mark Cuban. Got $10 million. That's, that's a nice payday. I wipe my ass with $10 million. <laughs> no, but you know, like, I would love to see that. Yes. Why, and why wouldn't you? You know, that really should be... I, I've said that before. The Lincoln-Douglas debates and all that stuff. Yeah. I think Newt Gingrich challenged somebody to it. I forget. Uh, do it. If you're really capable of running for the presidency, like you might not want to You can easily do talk for four hours on your policy. You should be able to answer questions for four hours. There should be no question about it. Of course. Well, why wouldn't you be able to do that? You're going to be elected to hold the highest office in the free land? You sure as hell can talk yeah, for four no, hours. You're only an hour 40, but I got to be on stage. And, and there's commercials and I got to yeah. pee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. You should be out there for eight hours straight and we should just grill you. That's really the test, but we're not really electing. That's not how we do things in this country. We're not, we're not, but that's really the right way to do it. So good for Mark Cuban. I like the guy a lot. He's a, he's a guy I'd probably trust to run the country, honestly, but that's why he's not running. Um, finally, Joey, mm-hmm. President Obama at the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation Conference. This is probably the most forceful I've ever seen Obama, honestly, like one of the most forceful uh, moments of his presidency, fiery even, and I wish that he would have yelled more. I think the whole um, black man yelling thing could be an issue in terms of image. If he would, I have done that. Yeah, I think that was probably a legitimate, and the angry black man is what you're talking about. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think that's, yeah, that could have been a concern, but I don't give a shit. So what? It didn't work anyway. Like being yeah. the calm black, I mean, he's generally a calm guy, but uh, this is him fiery. I'm going to play the clip and then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. Sound good? Let me get to the right portion. Now, again, this is him talking to a predominantly uh, black crowd and probably one of his last opportunities for him to do that. So here's the president talking to the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation. The cause of justice and equality and prosperity and freedom. Then we also have to acknowledge that even if we eliminated every restriction on voting, we would still have one of the lowest voting rates among free peoples. That's not good. That is on us. And I I am reminded of all those folks who had to count bubbles in a bar of soap, beaten trying to register voters in Mississippi, risked everything so that they could pull that lever. So if I hear anybody saying their vote does not matter, that it doesn't matter who we elect. Read up on your history. It matters. We've got to get people to vote. In fact, if you want to give Michelle and me a good send-off, and that was a beautiful video, but don't just watch us walk off into the sunset now. Get people registered to vote. If you care about our legacy, Realize everything we stand for is at stake. All the progress we've made is at stake in this election. My name may not be on the ballot, but our progress is on the ballot. Tolerance is on the ballot. 
Democracy is on the ballot. Justice is on the ballot. Good schools are on the ballot. Ending mass incarceration, that's on the ballot right now. And there is one candidate who will advance those, those things. And there is another candidate whose defining principle, the central theme of his candidacy, is opposition to all that we've done. There's no such thing as a vote that doesn't matter. It all matters. And after we have achieved historic turnout in 2008 and 2012, especially in the African-American community, I will consider it a personal insult, an insult to my legacy, if this community lets down its guard and fails to activate itself in this election. You want to give me a good send-off? Go vote! And I'm going to be working as hard as I can these next seven weeks to make sure folks do. I have never seen or heard any human being give so much for another person. He is doing everything he can mm-hmm. to make sure Hillary gets elected. 100%. Yes, he's been a very strong supporter of Hillary Clinton. But he means it. I think I think it does I think he does feel it as though look, this could all be undone. Like you know, it took so long to undo a lot of the shitty things that Bush did economically and, and foreign policy, you know, look, and again, it's not like Obama was perfect, but things are certainly better. We talked about it last week. That could go away very easily. Not if it's followed by Hillary though, she will basically just be, she'll just continue what Obama's doing. So he knows that. And he also, you know, he's, he's going to be a citizen as well. Now, like he's going to be out of office. He, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to see Trump become president. It's embarrassing to him. It's sloppy. You know, we've talked about that too. So there's a lot going into there. Uh, God damn it. I wish it was Bernie Sanders running because this would be incredible. Like, you know, he's talking about justice and this and that. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's the better choice to vote for Hillary, but it's like, activate the black community during the primary. Couldn't have been done. Barack. God damn it. That would have helped. He didn't want Bernie up there. No, I don't. Hillary. Uh, yeah, but anyway, so that there you go. There's the president, uh, fiery, and uh, we'll see what happens. Now, Joey, that's it. That's all I got. 2016, first debate, Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. You got anything specific you wanted to talk about there or what? Uh, I just... You kind of said your piece about it. Yeah, I, I really think it's going to play to Trump's strength. I really do. I just have a bad feeling that he's going to be able to get up there, use his charisma, use his charm, and get a bunch of people to see things his way he has to here's the thing he's got to find for both of them he has to tread lightly i think he can be firm but he can't appear monstrous to her you know what i mean he can't scream at a woman again it's like he can't scream at a woman even though it's hillary clinton nobody likes her but he can't appear to be bullying her that's number one for her she needs to be calm Right. She needs to be mm-hmm. clear. I think she needs to be succinct. Uh, I think she has to appear at just at a at a minimum. She needs to just appear confident, knowledgeable. That's what she needs to come across as. Not flippant, 
not arrogant, not like, look at this fucking goofball over here. She needs to go, look, this is extremely serious. This is how I feel about it. Lay out your case, but be, I mean, she's got to be on point. And we'll see how they're going to do that dance because the reason she'll become president is that she can be president. The reason that he'll become president is because people don't like her. And that's that's going to be the balance that they're going to have to strike during this thing because everybody knows he doesn't know what he's doing and nobody cares. So that's not going to be the deciding factor for him. The deciding factor is going to be how much can he make people dislike her mm-hmm. enough that they'll look past the fact that he definitely shouldn't be president to begin with. We'll see what happens. Samsonites, thank you for listening to the podcast. As always, my name is Chris Flannery. I'm joined by Joseph Noe. I'm at Mansamp on Twitter. Joey's at Joey from Jersey. Jersey is spelled with a Z. You can also uh, go on iTunes, rate, subscribe, leave a comment, let people know that you like the program. You can also go on SoundCloud.com slash Mandatory Samson. Leave a comment on the track. We will respond to it. Uh, and that's about it. Looking forward to next week. Again, we'll have a pretty, uh, I think, interesting phone call with Daniel about some environmental issues. We'll also have full debate coverage and God knows what else. But I promise it's going to be good. We love you. We'll talk to you then. This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. And find all of our shows at StandUpLabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. No, we out.